So, hello, this is Daniel Vayon with the Book of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I thought I'd do something easier and simpler than, uh, not really easier, let me be more honest about it. That I do something that I would be able to enjoy doing, and that wouldn't be too difficult for myself to do. And that is just whatever I'm thinking about, whether it's wrestling or sports or TV show. Forgive me for almost saying that word. And whatever I talk about, I just thought I would take the time to just share some thoughts I had. Whether it is a show, like Old House, that I grew up watching, or Family Matters, or some older shows that I grew up grew up watching, um, like the Andy Griffith Show or Matlock. Or whatever it might be, and I thought I would take the time to just share my thoughts because there's so many themes that you can talk about throughout time that really make me go, I wonder if anybody thought watching this what the character for instance in this case when I talk about Stephanie Tanner on Full House I know that I could very simply or very easily just choose to talk about Full House but I thought I would take some thoughts I had from earlier in the day and just share them and I just think that it would be I know this is supposed to be the book of pro wrestling, but I thought since I want to talk, since I want to build up to the topics, why don't I just start off by doing something that I never hear too many people do? Now I've heard, I've heard how some podcasts do talk about old shows, but I don't know if they ever really talk about the if. They ever think about those, um, what's being said about the real life possibilities of what's being said on TV, how some people might think that way. So that is what I, why I bring this up. One time on Full House, fourth season, I believe, um, it could be the fifth season, I'm really not sure. The, there is an episode where Joey was going to go to Los Angeles to try out for a role on a sitcom where it was on some type of um, some type of beach, and it had. Ned Fonacello, 
Torticello and Frankie Avalon. Earlier in the show, it turned out that people started, at least one kid, started picking on Stephanie about her name. She wrote Step On Me on a paper, this kid did, and put it on the back of Stephanie's jacket. Or shirt. And I just remember thinking how that's normal to go through as a kid. What I did not think was normal was Stephanie wanting to change her name. I've heard of um, change, I've heard of wanting to change schools because you were picked, because you were picked on and you, and you didn't think you could live through the, through the torture of being bullied, but I never heard of anybody in reality wanting to change their name, so I thought that was interesting. And this brings me to what I want to talk about. Um, Stephanie did not realize that Changing your name does not change your circumstances. So, she finally thought of a name that she thought was cool and she thought was beautiful and she thought would not be easy to pick on and she picked the name on. And she, she never stopped to think how if you, if kids really want to, they could take anything and make a joke out of it. Like, the name, especially the name Dawn, can very easily be um, taken and really just, they can, it can really make you be ridiculed. And that's actually what I think was great writing. Because Danny said to Stephanie, Are you sure you want to change your name to Dawn? And then he said, What are you going to do when somebody picks on you about your new name? She said, How can they possibly pick about a name as beautiful as Dawn, and that's when he, this really for the writers, possibly write this, they took a lot of quick, a lot of wit to come up with this, if it was written for Bob Saget to say, then he said, they could call you Donald Duck, or they could say Donner and Blimkin. Then they could come around and say, dun 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 And that's when she decided to stick with her name and then to, uh, to finish his point, he used Don a couple more times in the sentence. And what I want to say about that is, I know that purpose of this podcast is supposed to be about wrestling at the beginning, middle, and end of each show that I talk about, and even the pay-per-views. 
but I think building in like up to it, I think this could really be interesting if I share my views and some things I've seen in the past. And this is really important because I think this is something the kids will always go through. And I think that the problem today, um, not to pick on anybody, not to be mean or anything, just to be honest, the problem is that parents too often today don't know how to put their foot down with their kids. They don't know how a lot of times to say, I know this is hard, but this, but you have to go through this if you want to mature and if you want to survive in this world, you're going to have to learn how to go through persecution. I have to learn how to go through bullying and things like that. Now, yes, we should not be bullied and we shouldn't bully ourselves. But we have to learn when we are bullied how to overcome that. And it's not going to do any good, I know this from experience, running away from those things. You have to face them. So, even though the purpose of that was to be funny, and but also try to teach viewers something, because some viewers might be going through something similar to this. Even though it's supposed to be funny as well as try to show show kids, and I show kids the, um, sorry for repeating myself, the importance of overcoming that type of adversity. Now today, Kids face something worse than somebody picking on them about their name or picking on them about their weight or anything like that. Sometimes kids are so mean that they beat you up just to do it. And even though that's nothing new, what is new is that because kids are not taught to defend themselves like they used to be, it makes it harder to live through. So I think that's why we should go back to the way things used to be. We should show shows like this where kids are learning to defend themselves, or they're maybe not defend themselves, but they learn how to endure that kind of persecution. And when it's some when it's something small like that, you have to really teach them because when something big comes up, how will they be able to handle it? So, that's what I like about that show, but I also think it's important to show kids why you should defend yourself, or why you should then either stand up for yourself, or why you should laugh at yourself, because I never learned that myself, and I still struggle with finding out myself, and I still struggle with Sometimes with some people joking with me. And yes, when I stop and think about it, I do regret that. I should not let that bother me. Now that I've spoken that, I'm sorry.
I thought I was signed into the PlayStation Network. So I tried to press enter and now what I want to talk about won't come up. Um I last I was trying some equipment at my brother's house this uh this day last weekend at excuse me. And what I and what I remember is talking about baseball. And that was easy to do because watching a little bit of it on TV. Whereas I would like to be able to do that, I can't right now because of not knowing if I can even watch any baseball game right now on PlayStation 4. Um, what I would love to be able to do, to be able to understand things like RBI and things like that. Um, what I will do though is just, actually, just look at some of the tweets I've seen and if there's anything that goes into this podcast, then I'll uh, talk about it. Okay, so, I'm glad to see that, uh, I can see how long I've been recording. Okay, so some of these are interesting uh, news uh, information. They show Ryback has commented on the Naomi Deserves Better campaign. How he Seems to agree with uh, Booker T's take on Naomi's push or lack thereof. And he said that he uh, 
understands but you're giving an opinion, stating an opinion. When you're on the roster and on the inside and looking out, people giving their opinion. Nobody's more frustrated than the people working for that company right now. He probably talking from experience when he says this. He says, I can guarantee you. And then he pointed out the the fact that the system's always been cutthroat. And he said how Booker T got over when he came to WWE after being in WCW. And even he went through a ton of BS. He figured out the game, how to play the game, and he got himself opportunities. And to go through that, he knows what he's talking about, and he never once had anybody tell him, never had one, never once had any fans say that he deserved a better. Like people like Naomi's getting so, he's actually think about it. Even if somebody does deserve better, why proclaim it like that? It's not something that's right for us to say. Somebody may deserve better, but there's so many other people that deserve better also, so why do we just point out one person? Even people like... Uh, Roman Reigns, who, uh, he gets more than people think he deserves, but I think that, um, I think that even he, he deserves better, too. And I, I don't mean what, he, what he's been given on TV. I think he deserves better in how, in the crea creativity that's being given, I think... He and everybody deserves more freedom. That's the better they deserve. They don't deserve more opportunities. They deserve... What they really deserve is just to be given the opportunity to say to say what's on their mind and do it in a way that is in character only. They need to be given the creative freedom to work the way they think and talk the way they think. And when you've been doing it as long as they have been doing it, not just trains, but everybody, because there's so many people in that company that used to be in the indie, so they understand what um what is going on with their character, they understand how to talk, they know how to work. Now, Reigns didn't come from the independence, but he works hard and he learned, he's learned so well that why wouldn't, why wouldn't he, um, why wouldn't we say that he deserves better? It's not that he doesn't deserve, not that what he's been given is terrible, it's just that his character, just that he would get along faster in, in his development if they didn't try to write everything for him. 
Not just him, but everybody. So, that part, I do not hesitate in, in agreeing with that. Every time I try to upload, every time I try to do insert advertisement, it's in the middle of me talking. So, what I'm going to do is, just wait, I'm going to be quiet, just play music. Um, I was thinking, as I started looking, as I was opening up YouTube app, I was wondering, what song should I look for? Just, just so that y'all hear something, um, whenever, this is like a break, so I'm gonna play some music for you, myself, and I thought since play country music in the past on, uh, on Podbean, I thought I would play a song myself, a song
song is a song I really like. Oh, Because of You by Rita McIntyre and Kelly Clarkson.
Okay. I just wanted to wait until it turned, until the minute passed so I can talk. Hope y'all enjoyed the, uh, the song. Why did I play that song? I don't know, I just like the... I don't actually don't know, I just... I just liked it, so I played it. Okay, what I usually do, talk. I play the audio of the interviews, I talk about the matches. Well, I don't think, I don't think that's such a good idea, because a lot of times I don't know what to say about the interviews. So, I'm going to talk about The first, I don't know what it is. The first, um, show, the first show that I'm going to talk about, I saw it all. So, I can talk about it, but I can't really, what I can't talk about is the, um, thund the second ever Thunder episode. Okay. January 8th, 1998. There are a bunch of things, a bunch of problems going on with the NWO, as you if anybody that heard my episode from from last time, y'all know that um, Kevin Nash and Hogan and Bishop tried to come um, um, Savage now. So, uh, so beginning of the show. Eugene was asking a bunch of questions, and Kevin said that in so many words that he hit Savage, which I believe we could call this hilarious in the old days. In the old days. And he, then he said that Savage doesn't want any party. And then when asked asking some more questions, Eric said, Stop stirring it up, Gene. Stop stirring it up, Oakland. And that's when Gene said, I'm just doing my job. Okay, I'd seen a few minutes of the opening match of Terry Plain versus Bill Goldberg. The reason it lasted, the reason it, um, it lasted 10 to 51 seconds, if I'm not mistaken, about this, uh, the minute mark they put right here, was because since Jerry Flynn was, uh, virtually. Uh, jobber, which when I was growing up, my dad used to use the term zero to describe. Until I found out that a 
job or somebody who got paid to live. That was their job. So he was a jobber. And what's interesting about this is he always, you can see by how he was dressed that he had a martial arts background. He's the first person that I know that was able to take Goldberg down because of his martial arts background. Goldberg came back with something with a hold that he learned because he used to, uh, people don't know this, most likely, he used to work out in an MMA gym before they were really big like they are today. So a lot of the holds he used, at least one hold he used right here, something he learned working out in the in MMA gyms. And he hit Jerry Flynn with a spear and one with a jackhammer. And I personally um, thought this was as far as finisher goes for Goldberg. I thought this was the most impressive thing I had ever seen. And to know that he tried it on somebody that was about the same height as the Big Show, only about maybe maybe a hundred pounds lighter than him, which even though that is small for a giant, it's still a lot when you're seven feet two. So that's, um, so it's even more impressive to see now. Find out it, it was two um, was two maneuvers that are famous in the business combined together. A vertical suplex and a power slam combined. So that's what makes it so impressive. Randy Savage was being asked by Gene what's going on in NWO. It's the next uh, situation. That was the next uh, interview segment. I forgot what mean Randy Savage said, but it was more of the same. It is always out of control, always out of his mind. So it was really at times, I'm sure you can say it was very confusing what he had to say. And when they went to commercial break and came back, Malenko went against Chris Benoit and I think it was a no contest because both of them were laid out I think by members of Raven's Club. JJ Dillon Addressed recent events. And uh, I will, will keep the audio on for this. I don't remember what he said. I just remember what he explained. Oh, I remember now. I think he said he had to pay $1.5 million, I think he said, or... or I'm really not sure what he said. I think I just put it on mute without realizing it. Um, Bischoff inter 
there. No. Bischoff. Oh. Came out and told Randy Savage that he would pay for the, uh, fine himself. Because he was trying to keep Randy Savage from making matters worse. Perfect sense. Problem is, um, are you gonna keep somebody? How is he planning the character of Bishop planning on keeping Savage from doing anything? They they brought up Lex Luger beating Scott Norton and then. Putting the rack on Bagwell and him throwing Bagwell on Savage and taking the chair. Then Savage took the chair from uh, from the ring announcer and he hit Bischoff because Bischoff took the chair from him. He said that. First thing he said was how he, how because of what happened in the first match, he said that much as he hated to do that because of all the rules that the um, NWO made, he felt like reversing the decision and disqualifying Chris Adams was the right way to restore order. And that perf makes perfect sense. Let's see what says next. And another reason, and because he hit Bischoff, who is not a trained wrestler, that's why he had to be fined for that also. Because first it was just, first it was just, um, you're hitting wrestlers. Now you are hitting not just one of your own men, you're, uh, you're striking somebody that's not even, even though he can fight, he's not a trained wrestler, so that's like, that's like um, a football player hitting a coach out of excitement or headbutting him out of excitement. This doesn't go to decision, right? Because Bishop's an executive even though he was suspended, he still was an executive. So, the fine was $5,000. So that's why he had, so that's why he said he would pay the fine. Okay. 
Jeannie would say, he's going to go absolutely berserk, which he did. He ran out and started fussing. Bischoff, now he comes out, telling him to calm down. When he offers to pay the fine, $5,000, uh, fine, say we don't need any more problems. It's not the money, it's the principle of it. Eric said, let it go. It is starting to uh, buffer. It'll take longer. I think he told Savage not to touch Dylan. Started asking about what Kevin Ash said. Well, that's what Gene said. Let's go back to you, Tony. Go to a commercial break. Me and Gene interviewed Diamond Dallas Page. Which is up next. Or, in case y'all didn't hear that last part, because I talked so long, I'm not sure if y'all can hear me or not. In case y'all didn't hear that last part, that interview is going up next. Found out page, came to the U.S. title by the disqualification. Thursday night, we still have the title. He said, please welcome the United States Champion, Diamond Dallas Page. Showed his wife at the time come out with the diamond cutter symbol. What I always found interesting about Diamond Dallas Page was whether he was a heel or baby face, he always would wear the title even when he was wearing street clothes and I always gonna be honest I like that I don't know why I always forget that when you go to pause the video you always have to go upward because otherwise you're gonna hit next match In fact, the only way to keep it from uh from the next match is to hit the skip button. That is, uh, I think we used to call this the joint joystick or something. I remember that his merchandise was so popular. That um, they used to have a little boy throw up, throw up the sign and say, "Now you can do it at home" or something like that. 
because he had a brand new sign and a brand new shirt that was all about his sign, his diamond cutter sign. Sign, you see. Sick. I know this page is pointing to the crowd. They're all pointing up the uh, pull up the diamond cutter sign. And he said, that gives you a shivers, doesn't it? Or Dean asked him that. Asked him how good it feels to be on his channel. I mean, uh, we're not talking about, we're not talking about just, like, what happened this year with Ron Strowman, where he went from being one champion to being the next title on the ladder within a matter of months. No, he was TV champion for about a month, lost it, never regained it, and now, Within a span of two years, within a span of two years and uh, two months, after winning and losing the title, he uh, winning and losing the team title, he won the US title. So, of course, it's a thrill. You know, you work hard for it. They're in Jacksonville, Florida, so DDP said he's jacked in Jacksonville. That's how he feels. He said that life is all about timing. He said, you know this. He said a few weeks ago, they were putting together thunder. Book the Magically Main Event, which will air this, this Thursday. And it is the good bra, as he put it, Lex Luger and himself against Kevin Nash and Randy Savage. And what I find amazing is that they don't even talk about pre-tape. They don't even admit it's pre-tape. Anymore on TV. And I'm supposed to be reading the closed caption, but middle of this, I forgot. Um, to re I forgot to read it because I was thinking about what they don't even mention today. Well, looking back at the. back at the comments that he sarcastically referred to Kevin Nash as Randy Savage's good buddy. I don't want to take words out of your mouth, but I think you made the statement much more. Sometimes it goes so fast I can't oh <laughs> sometimes I can't read the words fast enough. 
I don't want to take the words out of your mouth. Words out of your mouth. But this that statement is I'm starting eating peanut mash and they are not that close. Seems to be a little friction and DDP said, you think? It's a shame. And he said, you know, for life. He said, well, for a second, I, for a while, I thought Liz and Savage was for a life. He said, there's no one thing that's for a life. That's X Luger and Dallas Page is Page is H for the NWO. He said that this Thursday he was going to give them the weather forecast. It's going to be very stormy. Thunder clouds are going to roll in. Crowd's cheering again. Said his back's gonna put him in the rack until he hears them crack one pop, and then he's gonna make him feel the bang. The diamond cutter, of course. It's so exciting, he was pointing to all different parts of the audience. And I always found this interesting that he would go actually into the audience and that he was not afraid of any of them. Because even if they cheer you, you never know how they're going to respond to so you jumping over the guardrail and to them. I think this would be the middle part right here. Saturn versus Booker T for the TV title. Booker T kept the title. The legal battle between WCW and NWO continued with them announcing that they would put a posted a parents' bond that for Kevin Nash to pay. Until then, unless he pays that, he won't go against the Giants at a uh, sold out. So they brought out, NWO brought their, brought out their attorney. They said that they were more than happy to pay that, but they countered with their, with their demand that the Giant had to pay a performance bond himself, that he could not get physical with Kevin Nash until sold out. He said, okay, I'm patient. I'll go through, the, through with that. What was really good is how Kevin got in his face, provoke him, and he put his hands up like, okay, I can do this. So he just let him uh, provoke him until, until he got out of the ring. It was not only good writing, but it was smart on his part.
Next song group be Hugh Morris. I don't really want to talk about that. Jericho versus Steve Michael. Positive Chris got himself qualified for that. Mysterio Jr. Uh, lost to Ubuntu Guerrero in a three-way title match. Ubuntu Guerrero successfully defended his first title title in his first defense. Hollywood Hogan addressed the Sting situation, which I still stand by this. I saw a clip of how on Thunder, when I looked at the first episode of Thunder, saw the clip of how he beat Sting for the three count and because Randy, Randy because McPatrick was, he may have been hold on as I recall, okay, he was not suspended until right before Thunder's debut. So, whereas he was, whereas he had the power to referee the match, Andy Anderson was the right, or should I say, legal referee. So that's why that count should not have counted, literally. Counted because he wasn't licensed. He not only, even though he's a licensed referee, sorry for saying license, he's not a, he was not a one, he did not make a fair count. Because a normal count would be fair about it, he should have disqualified Hogan. Because it was right in front of him, the bad sting was hit in between the legs. So it doesn't matter if you got the three count. How we got the freak out is what the argument is. Jim Hart came out to say that Jim Hart was a better wrestler than Ric Flair. Ric Flair had come out um, to say that he couldn't believe that Jim Hart would say that. So they ended up getting an argument and he even challenged him to fight in the ring. So first he went to the back then. I guess they told him or reminded him that he didn't have enough time to change, so he ended up having a match, a impromptu match as we call it today. They just had he just went in there hit hit him or I think he might have hit him with a low blow like he usually did and tried to do Bret Hart's own figure four across what he made famous, the figure four across the guard against the post, did that himself. And next thing you know, Ben Hart comes out, ends up hitting McClure a couple of times, then they go to commercial break. The outsiders conducted a survey, and then the main event, I think Randy Savage in the middle of the referee being distracted by either Hogan or, it had to be Hollywood Hogan because he was out there with them. He was trying, his plan was to hit I go with Scott Hall, no Kevin Nash, with the elbow drop, but he, but Kevin rolled away and he hit, I think it was Rick Steiner, so they regained that good times. I thought that was a very interesting match, a very great, a good match as a matter of fact, with all the back and forth that we see, that we like to see attacked in wrestling. The, one of the best part was how the two men that they're supposed to be tag team partners on Thunder 
even though it's pre-paid, supposed to be um, acting partners on Thunder, and one tried to cut the other one a shot at regaining the tag team titles with his permanent tag team partner. It's a very interesting story. I didn't see Thunder, and uh, I don't know how long this recording is, so I'll stop it right here. I'll, do, I'll make this a two-part. Thank you. Goodbye.